0: what's happening everybody you're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers video game music podcast
1: what's going on this is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music my name is Carl Brueggemann and I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Uh, we're so excited because
0: today it's another installment of Listener Show and Tell when we turn mm-hmm. to our wonderful community of Mercado fans and listeners all around to the do world. do all the work for us, yeah. right? <laughs> to submit some of your favorite tracks that we haven't played before, and yep. uh, we've been doing this for... Um, almost the entire. At this point, I, I can't remember when we started, but it was probably
1: like eight years it was ago. A few or something. years in, I think it was at least a couple years into the show. But ever since then, we've been doing it consistently. This is listener show until ten, um, and sometimes we do it more than once a year. We actually did one back in May, and we said based on you know how flooded we were with submissions that we would do another one this summer, and so that's kind of a promise to you guys. Um, so we have nineteen tracks from all of you to play today. Seven of them were, I guess I would say, old tracks or tracks that were submitted back in May that we didn't have room to include last time, and the rest of them are new, so actually mostly new, looks like today. Um, A lot of outstanding stuff. You guys, I will say, really like your modern video game music. There was not a lot of retro picks. Um, I think on our playlist today, we have maybe, trying to see, one, two, three, we might have four retro picks out of the
0: whole playlist? I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Video games are as vibrant and popular nowadays as they've ever been. So, I mean, I think there's so many people that grew up on the era of video games that had, you know, impressive recorded music, which we obviously love. I think it's just, and part of it might be a testament to how long we've been doing this show, that... Some it of the stuff has been like when we started, if you said you liked video game music, it meant you liked, you know, things like Zelda and Final Fantasy and old chiptune things like Mega Man 2. Now, if you say you like video game music, it could mean that you like Austin Wintry or a whole number of like, you know, maybe you
1: have just started playing games in the
0: 2000s, or you've only played... Well, that's another thing
1: is, speaking of modern VGM, this playlist has more Western composers, or I would say non-Japanese composers, than is typical for (laughs) a podcast episode for us. There are many podcast episodes where we have none of those, or maybe zero to three, something like that. Um, Let me see all the non-Japanese composers we have today. We have one, two, three, four, five, six... Uh, seven, eight, nine. We have 9 out of the 19. So, yeah. Uh, and, and part of that is I think you guys, with these episodes, try to fill in the gaps of, of what we miss sometimes and some of the stuff that we haven't focused on. So that's definitely the case with these episodes. What you guys heard was a really groovy track to play us in. That was sent to us uh, from Steve V. That is from Paradise Killer, which is a 2020 game. And it's called Go Go Style, composed by Barry um toping i guess i would say yeah i don't know if it's either toping or topping
0: but it's spelled like topping so i mean a berry topping could be very delicious sounds like something it was a delicious topping
1: to start us off (laughs) we usually don't start with dessert
0: top top us off start the episode
1: (laughs) well thanks steve for that great pick and what do you say will should we just keep diving into some great music
0: Yeah, I'm really excited for today's episode. We're always so impressed by the quality of the submissions that we get. And it's just, I don't know, it always makes me happy to just see how passionate people are about Mm -hmm. video game music in general, whether it's stuff we've heard of, whether it's stuff we haven't heard of, um, whether it's in a style that we're into or just something that you're really passionate about. Um, I can totally relate to being super passionate about a game that someone hasn't heard of and really wanting to share great music really fun other people to share that's part of the reason we started this show so we just want to let all of you know who submitted anything thank you so much and uh, yeah absolutely whether or not you made this
1: episode i mean there was a lot to go through and so not every single thing that was submitted obviously was able to be included so thank you so much for everyone submitting all right let's move on to a pick from thorbin d um this is okay this is interesting there were two different people that submitted tracks from Xenoblade Chronicles Future Connected, which is some sort of um, epilogue or DLC to Xenoblade Chronicles. So we have two of those pieces today. And so uh, look forward to another one. The first one here, um, like I said, it's submitted by Thorbin D. This is Time to Fight. And it was composed by either Manami Koyota or Ace Plus. Let's take a listen. <laughs> You guys are listening to Time to Fight. It is time to dance, I think. This is from Xenoblade Chronicles Future Connected, composed by either Manami Koyota or Ace Plus. This was submitted by Thorben D, and thanks so much, guys, for not only submitting great music across the board, but really entertaining music. I think a lot of you try to find stuff that you think will really enjoy, and that's the case with this. This is a blast, man. I was delighted by this piece. I mean, it's such a great, as you mentioned, Carl, dancey
0: piece of, I guess I'd describe it as like disco-funk-orchestra disco. fusion um and it it actually reminds me of some of the battle music from the new Paper Mario Origami King yeah, which I've been sure. playing Emma got it for me Yeah for we've my been playing birthday. it today I love that game the score is really cool but it's I just such I a love this sort of dancy yeah it, it's really funny I definitely recommend that game but um that's a digression I I think this track is so fun <laughs> and dancy and I guess I love this kind of groove that I have more associations with, I guess, almost more like electronic pop music, dance music, but being presented in such an acoustic way with this sort of, you know, almost chamber sounding pops orchestra. It's not overly wet with reverb and it's not overly, I guess, emulating like disco seventies, um, production cliches necessarily but just on a compositional level just how groovy and fun everything is I mean I do think some of the stuff with like the clav with the wah-wah pedal and just the bass writing is definitely going for that like thick with two C's You know, sound from the. It's just a really
1: creative piece of music. Uh, It feels like something that could fit at home in, like, the Princess Connect score as far as the production. It's just really polished modern production. I also just love this melody. I mean, it it summarizes
0: so much of what I love about great Japanese uh, video game music, which is that there's a certain quality to the pitches in the rhythms that has this really appealing pop. pop uh, character that is almost distinct it's super to video games. Like I it it's reminiscent of like vocal pop music but there's something specific to s- certain rhythms that I think are really accessible but maybe lend themselves to an instrumental melody more than a vocal melody necessarily and th- I think that's Absolutely. what's so fun about video game music it's the accessibility of pop music yet it's idiomatic for synthesizers, orchestras instruments, not necessarily for uh, the human voice which makes it distinct from most
1: popular music absolutely well we're gonna move on to the next pick of the day that made our episode this is from michael g and it is from the game hotel dusk room 215 Uh, i've never heard of this game before but apparently it's a point and click uh point and touch (laughs) adventure game for the ds uh the piece of music that michael brought in was violet sky I uh, may have considered uh, a few different tracks, but this is the one that I thought was the best. Uh, it's composed by Satoshi Okubo. Let's check it out. You guys are listening to Violet Sky from Hotel Dusk, Room 215, composed by Satoshi Okubo, submitted by Michael G. And this is a really groovy track in a good way, kind of a good palate cleanser from that Xenoblade track to kind of go back to just the vibe. Uh, This is a really well-done DS track. Uh, I think it sounds really good. I love the samples. I love the construction of the groove, Uh, really solid, even if you didn't have... A strong melody, you would you'd still enjoy this track. So yeah, it's a melody. To me, it's kind of the icing on the cake.
0: I think uh, when it comes to retro game music, there's a certain charm and uh, likability that's added through the degrees of limitation. So whether it's a really compressed sample, or whether it's you know an 8-bit or FM synth uh, there's a charm to that because of the limitation yeah. and what uh, Carl and I were remarking at what a what a clean rip this is that it doesn't sound actually Very like clean a for DS, DS rip so it might have been the original music files before they were put into the DS but the ironic thing to or me just is good even, implementation, though it's, yeah. even though it's so crystal clear it actually sounds more uncanny and a little bit less charming than a lot of DS music because it just has that Sort of bland general MIDI sound where there's something about that, you know, really compressed quality that so much um ds right. music has that gives it a charm and kind of smooths out all the edges and unifies the sound but that's just in terms of the sound i think the composition, the composition is, is great. delightful yeah and then, i really like this track i mean that's kind of something that we were talking about last week with E seven where so much yep. of that music doesn't necessarily hold up on a fidelity or production level but it we really want to challenge all the time all of our listeners to uh listen sort of beyond those surface level elements and examine the composition and the yeah, skeleton Yeah, this is a underneath. great
1: composition. I, I really like the acoustic guitar riff. I think it's actually really catchy. Yeah. I think this track does a good job of conveying just a little bit of mystery. Apparently this game, uh, you know, it takes place in a hotel and you're trying to uncover mysteries. It sounds like a pretty interesting game from what I was reading up on it. And so I think this this track, you know, fits the bill perfectly for that vibe. Well, thank you, Michael. That was really cool. Uh, let's move on to a submission from John, John E., um, my old college is, buddy. Indeed, yes. This is from A Hat in Time, composed by Pascal Michael Stiefel, uh, is maybe how I pronounce the last name there. Uh, the track that John brought in was, and I think this might have been in May, way back in May, he suggested this. It didn't make our last episode. So this is You Are Now Legally a Bird. You guys listening to You Are Now Legally a Bird, this is a really fun quasi-Latin piece of music from A Hat in Time, composed by Pascal Michael Stiefel, I would say. Uh, This is submitted by John E., so thanks, John, for this really happy track. It's kind of quirky and very imaginative, perfect for a video game. I'm really enjoying this.
0: I feel like John submitted this one specifically for me, because this is exactly my kind of thing. I, it's very Tataka esque. <laughs> very Tataka esque. Very I mean, Carl and I were talking a lot about that organ sample, which that the organ the that elevator it's emulating, music yeah, is cliche. that sort of easy listening fifties, sixties sounding. Tataka uses that instrument a lot. Um, but it just the kind of plucky precision of it is a really interesting character. It reminds me a lot of Soya Oka's music from, say, Super Mario Kart. Um, there's a similar kind of quality with some of those. It also staccato- feels like it could be like we shop music too <laughs> yeah absolutely the a, a classic nintendo sound and that mixed with the sort of like really syrupy lush jazz language that's very 1930s kind of yeah with the little chromatic touches very functional harmony but really sort of pretty old songwriting chords i just love this one i i really like when a composer leans in to a style and just totally has Mm -hmm. um, just has so much fun in the saccharine place. Some people I think just would shy away from something like that. But I kind of think when you're free to kind
1: of embrace the cheesier aspects, you can just have so much fun. Well, and here's where I'll, I'll piggyback on that. He's having fun, but he's still making a full lush piece of music, a very expansive piece of music. This is a long track. There's a lot of different sections he is not just doing the bare minimum. You know, he's not just, okay, I have a minute loop, let's just loop it and I'll move on. He's clearly enjoying himself with this track because he's he's staying longer than he needs to in a way. And so... Um, yeah, definitely. Well, having I also think the specific
0: production of this and just the genre of that sort of cheesy bossa nova just screams like, sort of like safe, easy listening American Very consumerism, safe, yeah. which there's something okay so right funny <laughs> about that. And yeah. there's so much potential for that type of thing to be juxtaposed with something darker or whether it's something comic um but i just genuinely love this kind of music because it's really melodic yeah. very memorable and has beautiful rich chords it's so much more interesting than i feel like if an equivalent of something like this were composed with to today's harmonic language it would be completely diatonic there'd be no chromaticism it wouldn't be as interesting boring yeah. to me at least
1: Yeah. Well, let's move on to a pick from Xander. This is from Homestuck. I'm trying to remember the details. I'll try to pull up the email. Uh, I think it's like kind of a game, or it's some sort of game adjacent, but um, it does fit because it is composed by Toby Fox, uh, and it is classic. It's very Toby, very Fox, <laughs> very Undertale, very very good. This very is a piece Fox. called Moon. Very Fox McCloud. <laughs> this is a piece called Moon Setter, again from Homestuck. Let's check it out. guys are listening to a beautiful piece of music called Moonsetter from Homestuck, composed by Toby Fox, and I'm going to read a little bit of uh, Xander's email here. He said that Homestuck is a webcomic that has short animations to convey important plot moments, and Toby wrote music for these before making Undertale, and he has said that without Homestuck, he never would have started making music. This is one of the pieces he wrote for a little later on, close to when he started making Undertale. Um, So... That's really cool. It's cool to hear that. Um and yeah, it's it's definitely reminiscent of his other work. It it has that charming brightness that a lot of his music has. Just very very bright and light and yeah. happy and and, and plucky
0: in every sense of the word. In <laughs> yeah. terms of that uh, musically it's short and percussive and very light and bright in all senses of, of the word. I mean absolutely. I, harmonically, I love harmonically, harmonica. But it's also plucky in terms of if you think of like a plucky, optimistic, naive young hero or something. It has that right. quality. To me what I'm so struck by, uh, no pun intended the track's called Homestruck, uh, or the game is—it's uh, not game, a game.
1: Home stuck, actually. Oh I believe, man,
0: not Homestruck. Okay, well then, definitely no pun intended. Uh, my <laughs> it's dyslexia, not intended, folks. intended either. Um, but no, what I was going to say is, it's interesting to hear that this wasn't composed for a game because mm-hmm. uh, Toby's Undertale score is clearly such a love letter to the 16-bit. Greats, all the titans of the, you know, Yasunori Mitsuda and Koji Kondos and Mm -hmm. Uematsu's of the world. Um, But what's interesting is you can hear so clearly the influence of Japanese video game composers on his music. I mean, within the first two seconds, the intervals of that piano melody, the kind of left hand figuration. mm I mean, he totally gets that from you know Koji Kondo and Zelda. If you think of yeah, this basically so much is music video from game Ocarina music of at time. the end of the day, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And yum bum bum, yum bum bum. These really short angular phrases that are catchy and evocative they imply you know major seventh chords so it's kind of like this mix of eric Satie and like almost 20s yeah. novelty music and maybe so there's like a brushstroke of french impressionism there's a brushstroke of maybe like american broadway and a little bit of film music and then just kind of i don't know other secret spices <laughs> that make <laughs> VGM up vgm spices yeah. yeah vgm spices that that make That's up delightful. the whole. But yeah, th- you can tell this, this gentleman has a, a career in games when you listen to this because it's oh, just Oh yeah, that was so a great delightful. track.
1: Thank you, Xander, for that. Let's move on. Um, this is a pick from Andrew P. And it is a retro track, one of the very few on the playlist today. This is from Super Tennis for the Super Nintendo. This is the ending. I had never heard this before. And it's it's a nice piece of music here. It's composed by... Yoshiki Nishimura. You guys are listening to Ending from Super Tennis. We've won the match. We've won the tournament here, clearly. This is for the Super Nintendo, composed by Yoshiki Nishimura and submitted by Andrew P. Um, It's just classic 16-bit era ending music or credits music. You did a good job and, you know, a little bit of nostalgia, a little bit of melancholy in here. Very happy, very bouncy. This is a well-composed track as well. I mean, it's not just banking on the genre, like a lot of to be fair a lot of music in this era is there's a lot of really generic ending themes uh this is just a good piece of music
0: yeah it's beautiful uh i'm such a big fan of this one i've actually heard this before when i was doing um kind of investigation for a show and tell i think Mm. i must have just forgotten to play it or what likely happened is i was playing so much super nintendo music already That I'm like, wait a minute, I can't do another uh, 16-bit thing. But that always happens, like I'll have one track too many, and then I'll forget to go back to it in a future one. So I'm so glad that Andrew suggested this because yeah, we don't want this this lost to the marcado sands of time. It's a great tune. I like the, the chord progression. I mean, getting from that, you know, four major to four minor, which is a classic move we've talked about, but has a particular sort of soft spot in my heart when it comes to VGM because it's a Particular emotional turn that so many Japanese composers employ, I think, to great effect. Um, and yeah. like so many um, classic pieces like this, I don't feel like it's exploiting. I, I agree with what you said earlier that um, it, this is in a style that it's very easy to uh, expect something cliche. I think my yeah. favorite part of um, the isn't that sort of like, you know, that piano slide uh up yeah. to that high note right on the more emotional chord um it, but yeah it's sort of a classic descending bassline progression well, and but musically, it's nice to hear a different spin on it
1: i guess i feel like the the basis for a lot of this genre of ending vgm comes from I would say eighties film score. There's a lot of feel good, maybe family, you know, or coming of age films in the eighties where they might have a piece of music like this. And it's going to have synths and like gated reverb, and it's going to be this vibe you know, as the characters are maybe hugging, uh, saying goodbye. And so that's kind of where this came from in a way, I would say. That's interesting. Yeah. My first instinct isn't necessarily film music, but definitely well, music well, that well would be in a film. Well, not necessarily score. I'm not necessarily talking about right. score. I, I'm saying like, a, like, like, like know, a drop in the needle. Yeah.
0: A John Hughes movie. Absolutely. Kind of. Yeah. Yep. I, I definitely hear that.
1: You got me, man. Okay. Let's move on to a pick uh, from Evan H., this is from Dust Force and it's composed by Terrence Lee. Uh, let's take a listen to Frozen Hot Sauce. You guys listening to Frozen Hot Sauce? Uh, That's an interesting image Um, from Dust Force by Terence Lee and submitted by Evan H. Thanks for this track. Yeah, it's got a really evocative, appealing darkness to it. Will was saying it kind of there were moments of this that reminded him of the band Muse, which we're both uh, a big fan of. And I hear what you're saying. A kind of this really imaginative darkness to it. Yeah,
0: a darkness, but like a cyclical chord progression um, that's like in between rock and classical. Yeah. something about it. Uh, This track is much more minimal than like an actual Muse song, but there's something about this chord progression. I don't know. I can't explain why. It's like there's that song in Metroid Prime that made me think of Citizen Cope, but I mean, it's not like there's anything
1: (laughs) stylistically here's what I'll say about this track. I think this is a good piece of music. This track is as... Textbook modern VGM is that ending from Super Tennis was textbook retro VGM. Right. It, it was very reminiscent of a lot of other scores, in my opinion, that have this kind of a vibe. Um, atmospheric and minimal, but there is something kind of catchy about it, and you wouldn't mind listening to it over and over. Um, and so, yeah, it ha- has a quality that reminds me of a lot of other modern VGM, but it's well done. Yeah, definitely. It seemed like something that I think would be
0: really appropriate on like in a mobile game. I don't know why, but like electric piano just sounds like an iPhone game to me. It's like that's a stupid simplification, but there's something about it um, that just maybe it's because it makes me think of like Tiny Wings or something. Um, But there's something (laughs) kind of that it's it becomes like a proxy for chip music, and so many mobile games are sort of a proxy for older arcade-style games, even though they use a touch interface and they might have a very rich color palette or something. On a design level, they're getting back to the basics of simplicity. So I find music for mobile games to be a really interesting... um, distinction where so often it's like it's like arcade music that it can be long and loopable but it's pretty direct and simple it's not necessarily as cinematic necessarily and this just because it has that sort of minimal not taking itself too serious quality though it has some darkness it feels like it'd be great for a mobile game
1: yeah it's a really great piece Um, I actually really like that it feels reminiscent of other modern VGM, I wasn't trying to say that was like an insult to it. Um, I think it actually does its job better than, I, in my opinion, than a lot of other contemporary tracks, because I, like I said, I do think there's something kind of catchy about that, that minimalism that I think works really well. Uh, let's move on to a pick from Brandon S., one of our longtime listeners. Uh, this is from a game called Divinity Original Sin 2, which I had never heard of. So thanks, Brandon, for bringing this to our attention This is one of the pieces he suggested. I thought this was really good. This is The Queen's High Seas, composed by Borislav Slavov. You guys are listening to The Queen's High Seas. I love this track. One of my favorites so far of the day. This is from Divinity Original Sin 2 by Borislav Slav- Slavov <laughs> and submitted by Brandon S. Uh, really playful and familiar. There's plenty about this that we've heard before, but there's also a little bit of a surprise uh, around the corner in this track. I, I, it's very playful. I like it. Well, I like that it has the sort of Russian folk
0: meets Russian romantic style that we associate with. I meets mean, just really kind classic, of swashbuckling pirate almost music. like <laughs> nationalistic Russian themes. Yeah, but then it's mixed with this almost Renaissance era. Almost Gaelic sounding folk presentation in certain parts. It's a great mixture, a a pirate quality to it. Yeah, but it's almost like characterizing Russia, maybe in like the 16th century or the 17th century. It's a it's a different style than you know. There's a lot of video games, I think, because so many games emulate films made during the Cold War, and they kind of amp up the U.S. versus Russia tension. There there are Mm -hmm. a lot of games that have these really. I don't know communist era Soviet sounding pieces that are really uh, nationalistic and have that kind of yeah. Russian sound. That um, in in quotes. But what I like <laughs> about this is it it gets some of those uh, qualities that I think are borrowed from Russian folk music, um, in particular, uh, which is is reminiscent of a lot of kind of I guess like Slavic folk music. But um, what's really interesting about this particular example yeah just it's combining that in a particular almost historical sound pastiche that makes it completely distinct from anything else i've ever heard it's almost like two it's true different yeah, I- ideas that would be pastiche enough on their own, but by putting them together, it almost turns it into well, something... Well, and
1: one of the reasons I really wanted to pick this one is what sets it apart, what makes it a unique piece of music. I, I would give this one an A from the composition to the orchestration to the recording and the performance across the board. I just think it's a it's a really great piece of music. So thank you so much, Brandon, for that wonderful suggestion. Let's move on to something brought to us by Stephen L., uh steven oh yeah there's there's a steve we already had on the episode this is a different person uh steven l and this is a game i think it's a game it's a game or an album called read only memories i believe it's a game um the artist here is two mellow the number two mellow and the name of this track is aethernaut neo sf strut so with that all in mind let's take a listen You guys are listening to a really good jam. This is Aethernaut Neo SF Strut from Read Only Memories by Two Mellow, brought to us by Stephen L. This is a jam, and I will say I loved the the pieces you know that came before on this episode. But this is kind of what we needed. We need some of that mix, some of that Heck secret yeah. <laughs> funky sauce. Um, secret and, and I tried funky to, sauce. There's I, a hot I tried sauce to, you that know, won't in, freeze yeah man I tried to uh, you know the ordering of this playlist have as much of that kind of variety as possible and and, oh man this one just hits the spot
0: yeah I completely agree I love the blend of chip sounds and slightly more modern electronic production both with the drums and the bass and just the overall arrangement the use of space it all works together he kind of glues
1: it all together here in a really effective
0: way. There's a specific technique that I feel like I only ever hear in chiptune writing, which is that a specific quality in vibrato where it's really, it's a rapid frequency, but it doesn't start at the offset and it's only on certain notes. Sure. Yeah. It's almost like accenting how digital and inhuman it is rather
1: than making yep. it like
0: expressive it's playful. and vocal. And,
1: and and I would say that it, that kind of an effect borders on humor, which is so popular for chip tuners. Modern chip tuners is they, they are silly people. A lot of, a lot of these right. chip tuners. And so they're not afraid to, you know have these little moments these kind of zany it's moments, interesting but because yeah there, cool there's track.
0: there's something charming and maybe humorous about it but it's not necessarily that it makes me want to laugh it just makes me want smile because it's so euphoric and it ends up being so confident that yeah it's really yeah. presented
1: in sort of the ballsiest way well guys i'm very excited to move on to this week's track of the week it is the second submission from the game Xenoblade Chronicles Future Connected. This comes from Todd M, so congratulations Todd. This is outstanding. It's a piece called Fog Beast Battle and I I believe that this one was composed by Ace Plus. And it's outstanding. It's like a prog rock meets orchestra Amazing video game piece that I don't even know how else to describe. It's just absolutely amazing. Let's take a listen to Fog Beast Battle. Oh my god, I'm in love with this piece of music. This is Fog Beast Battle from Xenoblade Chronicles Future Connected by Ace Plus and submitted by Todd M. Round of applause, Todd, for bringing this to our attention. What a killer piece of music. It could fit in Princess Connect uh, just based on how wild and creative it is and how the production is just outstanding. Uh, Everything about this is, is very, very polished. One other thing I want to call it is most of the production and what you're hearing with the performance is very, very clean and virtuosic. But what I love is that the bass has a very different approach. The bass, it's very gritty, and the bassist is really digging in hard, and the tone right. of the bass is not necessarily as crisp and clean yeah, as you might expect yeah and it's I a love very
0: dirty that. tone and even um some of the pitches it feels like it's intentionally either bending or not hitting the edge of the fret there's well, like in it's general, not always quite in tune here's what i love has about that, this like, track punk rock kind of i love to the it.
1: combination of the punkiness the grittiness with the precision and the virtuosity and the beauty and it's right. it comes together in a very unique way
0: yeah i completely agree It's an interesting track. I mean, I think uh, some of the things... This echoes some of my feelings on the earlier Xenoblade track, which is that uh, there's a specific melodic character that I feel like you only encounter in Japanese video game music. Um, I mean, obviously there are examples of people like Toby Fox who uh, are emulating that sound, but I mean, just kind of organically, it's something that I think... Was almost, you could make the case that it was created, a language created in this medium of of games. Uh, Something that I so love about this particular arrangement, I love how long the form is and how experimental the development of the ideas are. And then just the, the interesting thickness of the texture. I don't feel like it gets overly muddy, but it's it's quite a lot to, you know, blend distorted guitars and drums and strings and kind of more virtuosic piano counter melodies. The thing, though, that this composer does a wonderful job at, or these composers, um, is really making such clear timbre separation between yeah. all of the ideas that are happening each timbre is unmistakable so you're impressive. not going to mistake a piano for uh, violins and you're not going well, to mistake violins for say distorted that guitars this is
1: a collaborative effort and so the first step is, is that arrangement, that orchestration the next step is the performance and then the mixing is also really outstanding sure. and clear on this you can hear everything r- just perfectly yeah, there's really nothing I would change about this track. I just, it gets an A-plus for me. Fog Beast Battle. Whew. I got to say, like if you take the whole body of Xenoblade from the first Chronicles, the second Chronicles score, and then this, I got to check out more of this Future Connected. But man, putting all that together, that is some of the most outstanding VGM of the past, whenever, 10 years, whenever the first Xenoblade Chronicles came out. I think it's about 10 years ago, maybe. Yeah, and it's cool because I'll th- to check it out.
0: Xenoblade seems to carry the spirit of 16-bit Um, JRPGs in terms of its music. I mean, it leans maybe on rock a little bit more than some of those scores did. Uh, But just the, the willingness to have eclectic mix of genres, mix of ensembles stylistically, but to kind of be able to go there when it comes to emotions, to have the syrupy lyrical character melodies and to have the epic boss battles that are in your face and foreground music. Uh, yeah. The kind of thing that we would just not get anything even close to that, uh in a, a Western developed game. And some of that's for good right. reason, but um, well, I
1: wanted to give one last shout out here um, because it's probably been a while since I've said this, but ACE plus if anyone forgets, it's actually a collective um, of three different composers. We have Tomori Kudo, uh, the, the composer Chico. i trying to get... I'm not sure... Sh- oh, yeah, the real name of Chico is Hiroyo Yamanaka. And then we finally have Kenji Hiramatsu, who I'm a huge fan. So, yes, that is ace plus there. Let's move on to uh, a pick from Jeff R., or as he wanted us to pronounce it, Gioff R. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding, Jeff. Um, Gotta give you a hard time with that spelling. Really, I should give your parents a hard time for that. Um, This is from a game called Apuna. And the track that Jeff brought in was The Village Without Memories, composed by Noriyuki Kamikura. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to a gorgeous piece of music it's the village without memories from opuna composed by noriyuki kamikura submitted by jeff r and i was particularly sold and just kind of fell in love with this track when the violin and then the violins came in um very beautiful piece of music there's a lot of soloistic qualities to it i think the beginning melody um felt very soloistic and then the guitar comes in with i would say a full-blown uh solo before the violin takes over just a really interesting construction and form to this track um doesn't really remind me of any other piece of video game music to be honest i i really like this yeah i i I agree with you and i think that's something that i've been
0: noticing you know in the recent years with a lot of uh japanese game music that i feel like so many composers are Um, really discovering this great blend of balancing uh, what's come before but finding a unique stylistic voice and a way of expressing it that doesn't just feel like a pastiche or doesn't feel like just uh, continuing something that might no longer be alive. Uh, I mean, from so many soundtracks like Princess Connect, for instance, that just find so much new vitality, Uh, Not that this particular track reminds me of that, but it it does feel like it's vibrant and it's music that can belong in the time in which we're living without simply adopting kind of like modern production, uh, you know, a new type of cliche. Uh, This is definitely, you know, it's not the type of piece of music for everyone because it wears its emotions on its sleeve. Uh, Some people might consider it kind of Cliche, but I don't know. To me, it's like, what? Why would you want to make music if you're not looking to tell a story, to convey emotion? You know. I think there's
1: enough elements in this that go far beyond what you might think the cliche is when you start yeah. the track. Um, especially when the I guess I'm, come I'm in. just talking Oof.
0: about like this kind of. Um, Production And then with the like halftime drum feel, it's definitely not the the first thing that would come to your mind of like something really cool and modern. But I think you can tell that this track was composed with a lot of intention and a lot of craft. It's Um, definitely up
1: my alley. I'll say that for sure. Uh, Let's move on to uh, pick uh, from our beloved Ganon 11. We were privileged to meet Ganon uh, at MagFest, this most recent MagFest, which was so crazy to think back on 2020 started off really uh, you know with a bang we had a wonderful mag fest and then the world kind of imploded or exploded but anyway ganon brought in a track from hollow Knight that we didn't have time to include on our focus episode this is grim composed of course by christopher larkin let's take a listen <laughs> You guys are listening to Grimm from Hollow Knight, composed by Christopher Larkin, submitted by Ganon11. This is really cool. And what's weird is I don't really remember necessarily making the choice to not include this. Uh, uh, it's It's a solid piece of music. I don't really know why we didn't include this, but I'm glad we get to include it now. It's really epic and emotional yeah, you know it's it's Larkin really difficult to go through score.
0: a soundtrack that especially has sort of a stylistic consistency because sometimes so consistent you oh tend my to God. have a bias for the music you hear at the beginning when the sound is fresh in your ears that's and a good you tend point to get irritated as it goes on which is the opposite of like if you're putting together a playlist of a variety of types of music i find that the let the last editions you feel most excited about Um, and maybe you you don't have as much appreciation for the early stuff, but when you're going through a soundtrack that's not that eclectic and something that's all within a style, I think you can kind of tax your ears and feel like, eh, we've got enough organ and French horn, you know? (laughs) But this is a really great composition. Sometimes it's an
1: embarrassment of riches when you just have a really big soundtrack that is emotional across the board. And it's almost like if you had... And this wouldn't make any sense, but if you had a soundtrack where they're like really silly, goofy tracks and then all of a sudden something like this, you'd be like, oh, my God, what is this? But when you have right. something you know similar to this for the entire score, yeah, you can kind of take it for granted. A I do bit. think
0: that's why it's important, though, whenever, whether it's working on a film or a game or an album or or honestly, even just within a piece of music to have some variety, whether that's a variety of different keys, different styles, tempos, meters, instruments. I mean, it, it really you know, too much of one thing can be a bad thing and you need contrast. If you have a really rhythmic, I mean, you see this in uh, so many kinds of music In classical music, you know, you have a maybe a really rhythmic and pointed A section, but then a very lyrical and soft B section or
1: vice versa. Hey, so I'm looking at it now and I know why we didn't include this. This track Grim is from Hollow Knight Gods and Nightmares. Now, I don't know enough about this game to know if that's a DLC or some sort of extension of Hollow Knight, but I'm pretty sure I didn't even listen to that when we were preparing for that episode. And so I'm sure there's a lot of other good tracks on this uh, that we didn't include too. So at any case, thank okay, well, you, for well, then you Ganon can throw 11. my explanation out the window. <laughs> Feel free no, I to think- write
0: monotonously,
1: folks. <laughs> I think exactly what you, I think what you said is, is very, very true and on the nose. And thank you, Ganon, for that wonderful suggestion. Let's move on. We still got some great music to get to. We got to get to all of it. This comes to us from Steno Knight on our Discord. This is from an NES game called Galgo 13 Top Secret Episode. I had never heard of this before. Uh, this is composed by Machiharu Hasuya. Let's take a listen to the title theme i You guys listening to the title theme from Golgo 13 Top Secret Episode for the NES, composed by Michiharu Hasuya and submitted by Steno Knight. Uh, thank you so much for the submission. I had never heard of it. Um, I know that you were mentioning this is one of your favorite NES tracks, and I can totally see why. There's something really special about it. It has this kind of mystery, secret agent uh, vibe to it. It's, it's, it's a really unique piece of NES music. So thanks for bringing it to our attention. It sounds like a Hudson game. Just
0: I'm judging purely by the the implementation. Um, I mean every game studio kind of has its own stylistic paintbrush uh, musically, but when it comes to the implementation of those limited you know chip sounds, It it does sort of seem, you know, you can kind of tell Konami apart from Capcom, apart from Sunsoft or Nintendo or Square, they all have their own little stylistic touches. And there's something about this that made me think of other um, games by Hudson. Uh, Yeah, I I I like like how simple the. the arrangement is it's simple and yet it's, it's very effective of, it's kind of orchestral you know the fact that mm-hmm. it has this little arpeggiated ostinato <laughs> it's <laughs> rousing with, there's a lot of darkness to it with that sort of flat two chord it it's implies a little bit of like of French music in and yeah nice mix of of sounds there that's a track i'd never heard of before it kind of reminds me a little bit of like i think there's like a Maybe we played it a couple of weeks ago, but like a track from the Game Boy Batman that I think yeah. this maybe reminds me of.
1: Man, that is so good. I got to give a little shout out here because one of my favorite things, uh, Steno Knight, when, <laughs> whenever you post on our Discord is we talk about your four-year-old who is a really big Mercado Bros fan. I'll just read this little PS here. Diehard supermercado fan, four-year-old, wants me to tell you that he likes Downforce because it has good music and he really likes the one about driving through the volcano. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. That is <laughs> and so And I think it's cool, incredibly adorable that you're listening to that. I'm so um, sorry that your kid is going to grow up to be a nerd just like us, but <laughs>
0: I'll,
1: I'll be friends no, really, with him. <laughs> it really means a lot. And thank you so much for you know sharing the good music with your kiddo. Um, he sounds awesome. All right, we're going to move on to a pick from Phil B., This is Dragon Quest XI, the Switch version. Now, the Switch version of the game uh, actually featured a real orchestra, and I think the original release did not. Um, So that was one of the cool uh, changes that they made. So the Switch version, this is Salty Stallion, composed by series composer Koichi Sugiyama. Let's take a listen. guys are listening to salty stallion a gorgeous piece of music from dragon quest 11 the switch version composed by koichi sugiyama we had to look it up because uh, will made a comment oh man still kicking huh and sugiyama is currently 89 years old still cranking out dragon quest music i think is that older than john williams
0: or that might be the same age as uh, john williams which is it's crazy to think of someone of that generation not just working on video games now but has been working what do on you video think well what's your guess
1: is is sugiyama older or younger than john williams i'm gonna go older he's one year older john is 88 cool currently at time of recording yeah, that is a beautiful piece of music. Will made a comment while listening to it. He's like, man, whoever does the orchestrations for this, um, I don't know if, if, if Sugiyama orchestrated this because originally, like I said, it was a fake orchestra, I think, on the original release. So I don't know if this was a reorchestration by someone else. It's yeah, very no, I mean, I, possible. I would or doubt, I could see I, it It's uncommon Sugiyama. for most
0: media composers don't orchestrate their own stuff. Um, unless you're right. like John Williams, which even he usually doesn't, but, but sometimes But whoever he can. orchestrated it uh, did a main job Sugiyama, I think, this. definitely could orchestrate, but yeah, there's some little touches here that I loved. Uh, doubling the piano arpeggio with clarinet staccato. It really blended well, though, because the way that a piano works is, you know, it doesn't have very much sustain because it's so percussive when the hammer hits the string. And so sort mm-hmm. of... Um, doubling the piano with more percussive notes from a clarinet, which is a relatively um, docile-sounding instrument. You know, it doesn't have a lot of snarl. So it added this sort of, I don't know, cloudy warmth to that piano arpeggio because you get the slight discrepancies of pitch, um, but it's not necessarily... overshadowing it by making it you know too legato i really like that effect though Uh, there's just lots of little details in the arrangement but man Sugiyama is such a treasure as a composer i love his rich romanticism and so many of his scores are definite like neoclassical pastiche scores um Mm. but then you have stuff like this which just feels like you know, right from the core of his essence, and it's also just so inspiring and impressive to know a composer of that age who can still write such not just beautiful music, but really genuine, well-crafted. It's, it's fresh and, music, yeah, yeah, fresh music. That it's like this is mm-hmm. a great melody, and to know that this, I don't know, it's really in, inspiring as a composer to know that if you're if you really care about your craft and you're willing to work into your old age one of the
1: best fields to continue a career into your 90s i mean it's uh yeah it's definitely very very possible to do that judging by these legends i mean john williams just has to get on ableton so he can you know catch up to (laughs) oh man no 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 by hand pencil to the paper okay we're going to move on to a pick from josh b This is, uh, oh my god, so classic, The Revenge of Shinobi, Uh, something that is crazy that we haven't really focused, uh, maybe at all, uh, this game on the podcast. It's a classic Yuzo Koshiro soundtrack, an early Sega Genesis game. And there's something that I want to say about this track after. There's something I'd like to talk about and might be one reason why we haven't, um, you know, necessarily played something from it yet. So I'm excited to have a little discussion. This is a really funky tune called Make Me Dance from The Revenge of Shinobi. You guys listening to Make Me Dance, it's a really funky Sega Genesis track from The Revenge of Shinobi, and it's long overdue that we've featured this on the podcast. This is composed by Yuzo Koshiro. Now, I think I know, I think I remember why, and this is silly that it's taken this long, that we've never played a track from Revenge of Shinobi, or if we have, like, very, very few. I think the drum samples sound like absolute butt on this score. (laughs) I, I don't know what happened... them, but it sounds like there's times when it feels like something's even like muted or like there's something was rolled off by accident. It's it sounds terrible. Well and I I suspect they were probably
0: custom made PCM samples and maybe he didn't have the best equipment
1: or something. Well I have an hypothesis. I think that this is a game that came out in nineteen eighty nine. So to my knowledge, I can't think of an earlier use of the DAC sample channel. Because all the early Genesis games um, did not use that for drums. They just used kind of more of a synthesized uh, kind of noise meets PSG sound for the drums. And so I think this might have been one of the early experimentations with it, and clearly it was very difficult, and sure. was still, you know, Yuzo was still figuring out how to use it. What I think is really impressive is that just two years after this, he was able to master the Sega Genesis with a score like Streets of Rage, which is arguably the best sounding one of the best sounding Genesis scores. So to go yeah. from that, you know, from well, this to that, very impressive. What I love about Koshiro is I think... Love the track um, though.
0: You know, the beginning of his career working on things like East and Sorcerian, uh, he clearly has a, a very rich, filmic, kind of almost quasi-orchestral, ancient, middle ages sort of scoring approach that is fitting for a lot of games of that style. But so many composers, I think tend to work in that style or did work in that style for decades in games. What's interesting is um, when I think of Yutsu Koshiro on the Genesis, he's really like the Prince of video game music uh it's like the music is so funky and it's about groove and uh i mean the streets of rage score one of the things that makes it i think so important as a score is it's it's honestly not very melodic and it shows off a certain capability of the genesis hardware was that you could have a captivating piece of music that isn't necessarily about score. melody and accompaniment. Yeah, but it sounds like yeah, something
1: you're listening to on the radio,
0: right? And that it time. can be groove based and mood based. And yeah. I, I know that you know for today's standards that might not seem like such a crazy or uh, unprecedented thing, but I think for the time was. Uh, really important and i imagine inspired a lot of
1: composers so yeah i sort of feel like
0: yeah yuso's kind of like uh like the prince of
1: i would agree and i just want to make it clear one more time josh thanks for bringing that in and i like that track a lot i i do like the revenge of shinobi score i just wish that someone were, were to to make a version with different drum samples or with that whatever sample he was going for uh without it botched basically (laughs) um so in any case there you go revenge of shinobi finally let's move on to a pick from our buddy zach w and it's so hilarious because Zach was the person that introduced us to Princess Connect. And so he's just basically saying, yeah, all I got for you this time is just more Princess Connect. And like, all right, we'll take it, man. This is a, a summer 2020 addition to Princess Connect. So a brand new piece of music based on an event that happened this summer in the game. This is uh, Tyrant of the Beach. This is what he said. Tyrant of the Beach, same Yoshi. So I guess that's what this is called. It's again from Princess Connect. I have no idea who composed this because this hasn't been released on uh, an official you know volume yet. and So I have no idea who composed this. I'm taking a guess based on some of the previous uh, music in this game that might share some similarities. So I'm just guessing this could be composed by Subasa Ito. But again, there's like a million <laughs> Princess Connect composers so, it, composers. so it could be anyone. Let's take a listen to Tyrant of the Beach. back. You guys are listening to Tyrant of the Beach, Same Yoshi. That's at least what Zach is calling that track. The YouTube uh, link is all in Japanese. This is new, brand new music from Princess Connect, and it almost makes you mad. It's just outstanding. You know, this score, this game, this ever-growing score, I guess, doesn't need this. It already has banger after banger, and they just keep going. Like, Are they just going to keep making Princess Connect music forever? I hope so. I would love that and we'll have, you know, Princess Connect Volume 20 at some point. I mean, this is absolutely on fire. It could be Ito. This could very well be a Kenta Higashioji track as well because it is balls to the walls. It it's outstanding.
0: Yeah, uh, I it- it leaves me speechless it's just so well arranged it has such kinetic energy such bold choices I mean I was talking about the the level of detail on this arrangement makes the orchestration in that Sugiyama track look like child's play I mean there's so much happening in every single second and it's so yeah. infectious so undeniably appealing. energetic
1: rocking entertaining yeah. man oh my that god score just is thrilling on thrilling such music, such
0: another level I it really really
1: man i and it keeps going it's <sighs> they're just they're not stopping anytime soon and one of the most exciting things to come out of yeah, the games to quote the music to quote Alexander, time
0: to quote alexander to uh this score should win every oscar because it's <laughs> so freaking good I know it's I not, you know, you can't agree. win an Oscar for uh, a mobile video game, <laughs> uh, but I don't care. It's that good. I think good. that's BS. It should honestly, it's such a good piece of music. It should win for best documentary foreign film. It should win for best cinematography,
1: for best it production win design. life. It's so good. It should so win good. everything. Oh. All the awards. Okay, let's move on to a pick uh, from Wild Matsu, who's on our Discord. This is a game called Non-Human. I don't really know anything about this game. It might be a little obscure. And this track has a weird name. It's Turrican d is the name of the track, D-S-U-N. It's not a Turrican track. It's not really anything from that series, I don't think. That's just what it's called. Okay, that's fine. It's composed by Chef Boyardee. All right, fine. We'll allow it. Let's take a listen to Turkan Desoned from Nonhuman. You guys are listening to Turrican D-Sun um, from Non-Human, composed by the alias Chef Boyardee. And last, Will, do you think this is actually the Chef Boyardee? The one and only. Uh, this comes to us from Wild Matsu. That would be a good, um, kind like, of a quirky choice, but it's a cool track.
0: Chef Boyardee would be a good, it sounds like a rap name from like a sitcom in the early two thousands. I know that's a really DJ, specific DJ DJ RD. Yeah, but it, it seems like there's always some plot in like an early two thousands comedy where someone's like really into rap and they only like speak in really lame rhymes all the time. And <laughs> I don't know why. It just it sounds like that kind of like very family friendly version of hip hop. Like oh, Chef will I have Boy a question RD. for you?
1: What cause I have something in my head. What game series does that track remind you of more than anything else? Um, it kind of reminded me of ease. Got it. You nailed it. I agree. That's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, okay. <laughs> it really reminded me of ease. I got Glad we're on the same <laughs> page there. Okay. Uh, the second to last of the day. By the way, guys, stick around for the playout for sure, because uh, it's, it's it's a really nice piece of music. Before that, though, we're going to play something from our buddy Jackson. Jackson B., who is an endless fan of Mr. Darren Korb. Um, one of uh, maybe his biggest fans, I would say. He would be in the front row at a Darren Korb show if he could at this crazy time we're living in right now. Um, this is from Hades, It's a song called Good Riddance featuring Ashley Barrett. So, this is actually uh, a song featuring Darren and Ashley, which we love when they sing together. Let's take a listen to this. absolutely beautiful piece of music that's good riddance uh darren korb featuring ashley barrett from hades and that was sent in by jackson b thanks so much jackson for that we love darren korb as well um and when they sing together it's just magical there's something so special their voices blend really well their vibratos blend super well just a really great piece of music
0: yeah, really Really beautiful. great song, I should I, say. I love Darren's songwriting style. I mean, he has very specific voice that's so influenced mm-hmm. by the 90s <laughs> as a decade. I love that it
1: can be in games. Uh, yeah, I just love that this is in sure. a video game. I mean, he has
0: a great melodic gift, but it's unmistakably him, which is so cool. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, he's a great composer just in in games like he, he has a really unique style and sense of production and he has yeah. a really sort of like scrappy garage put it together yourself attitude but it works out so well in all of his game scores but all of them always feature these great sort of dark pop I don't know ballads
1: and it's so beautiful yeah, yeah especially great. when they sing together oh man Thank you so much, Jackson. And we're going to play you guys out with uh, the last one of the day. It's from Eric H. And this is from a game called Spirit Spiritfarer. Uh, the, the tune is called Hummingbird, and it's by Max LL. So that's what we're going to send you on your way with thank you so much to everybody for submitting um if you didn't make this episode it's just because there's so many great submissions we really do appreciate though every single person to submit that submitted we listened to everything and there wasn't a bad track that was submitted uh, so you guys continue to blow us away thank you so much for your continued support and we love you guys yeah we really do um, for anybody who has been enjoying the
0: show and wants to support us, you can do that over on our Patreon page. Yes. Um, and we have some episodes, you know, in the near future that will be suggested topics from some of our patrons over at mm-hmm. Patreon. So uh, thanks to all of you who do that. And, you know, because we're so grateful for the incredible community that has built around this podcast. That's why we want to sure. do episodes like this to celebrate game music, but to celebrate all of you, because I mean, just looking at some of these names, I, I just, so I still can't believe that there's, you know, even just the number of people that we picked for this episode. I kind of can't believe there the if we have 19 people who listen to our <laughs> podcast and are interested <laughs> enough to send in tracks, I'm
1: satisfied. So I'm just, I'm so grateful Man, uh, and what what is really Will gonna do when I tell him that we have thousands of people that listen? He's gonna lose his mind. Apparently, <laughs> no, I totally agree. It's 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 really humbling, and one of the reasons why we still are at it with this show is the interaction and the really the love and the energy that we get from you guys, all of you. So really thank you so much. We wanted to make a really exciting announcement you probably saw on our social media, but in case you didn't, we're really excited to be performing virtually at Meg West 2020, which is going to be happening the first weekend in October, it's happening from the 2nd to the 4th. Um, we're going to have a set that is going to be streamed on the Saturday, October 3rd, in the evening. Uh, stay tuned for more specific details, but set your calendars to that that evening because, uh, yeah, Mark Bros are going to be coming at you. And it's going to be, you know, a full
0: performance, so obviously you know due to the current situation we'll be performing you know from our home but we're all going to be you yep. know live it'll in the be, same place it'll together. be
1: 30 minutes it'll be a half an hour straight of us um playing some of our favorite video game music and we'll we be have, unveiling one new cover yeah let's hope it goes okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm really excited about it all right guys we're going to get out of your hair enjoy hummingbird my name is carl bruggeman and i'm will bruggeman have a great week everybody peace out